You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. Okay. You guys sit down. Go ahead and sit down. All right. Who who opened presents already? Did anybody cheat and open presents before you were supposed to? You would did I know, but did you did mommy and daddy let you or did you cheat? Oh, they let you. All right, that's good. Yeah. Say that again. But it was at mid Ben said it was at midnight, so that's kind of officially Christmas. You open one? Yeah. Ray Ray opened everyone else's presents in our house. Yeah. All right, who who got a really cool present that they got? Okay. I got right. a basketball court. You got a what? A basketball court? What'd you get, Emma? A what? A mini splice cook. That's cool. What did you get? I got a guitar toy. You got a guitar? Wow. Yeah. I think I think Steph is looking for some new guitarists. Hi. What did you get for Christmas? Presents. You got presents? Yeah, you did. What kind of presents? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten presents, yeah. Good job. You got ten presents. Wanna go sit with Kenzie? Go sit with Kenzie. What did you get? I got Play Doh. You got some Play Doh? Yes, Play Doh's good. I brought, I got two Lego sets and I, I brought them here. And you brought them here? Yeah, I, I seen them. Adrian, what'd you get, buddy? A video game. A video game. Okay, what kind of video game? Splatoon 3. Okay, that's cool. Did you play it yet? You're going to play in a little bit? Ruby, did you open presents yet? Not yet? You, you, you weren't lucky? I wasn't lucky either. You saved the best for last, huh? What are you, what are you hoping for? A Barbie. Barbie. Oh, okay. No pressure, mom and dad. <laughs> Did you open presents yet? What was your favorite one? My camera. Oh, camera. All right. Okay, I have a question. Did anyone really want like the most special present and you got it already? Have, have you had any Christmas like that where you really wanted something and you got that for Christmas? What was that, Emma? The mini cooking supplies. Oh, the mini cooking supplies. You got them this year. Okay. How about you, Ethan? Legos? Mace Windu as a Lego. Oh, Mace Windu and the Legos. How about you? What was the one you really wanted and you got it? I wanted I got it Play-Doh. Play-Doh. You wanted it and you got it. That's right. Okay. So I have a question. When you get a present or a gift that you really like, how should you treat that gift that you are given? How you, uh, you should treat the gift how, uh, like, uh, how you want to, I don't know. You don't know? Okay. You, I think you know what you're trying to say. How about you, Emma? You treat the gift, the gift nicely. You treat the gift nicely, right? Like a person. L- like a person. Okay. Yeah, it, it like treat the gift like a person that has feelings. <laughs> Emma, Emma's preaching. Start taking notes. 
How, do, how should you treat the gifts that you're given? Very carefully and make sure that you don't break anything. Oh, very carefully. Okay. So this, uh, this is just a, a, a lesson from one dad. I'm going to try to help out your mommies and daddies too. You know your little Legos that you leave on the floor? And in the middle of the night when someone has to use the restroom and those little Legos are on the floor and, and someone can step on them and they really hurt, even big guys like me. And so if you put all those little Legos back where they belong, it's really helpful for us who have really sore feet. <laughs> so let me tell you a story of mine. One time I, I really wanted a bike and so my dad got me this cool Huffy bike and it had gears on this bike. And so the gears on most bikes are up on the handles. This Huffy bike that I got, the gears were right here on, on the frame. And so I pulled, you could pull the gears and change gears on the frame. It was one of the coolest things. It was like a stick shift for a Camaro. And so I got this bike. Oh, I love this bike. But I used to ride this bike around this neighborhood all the time. And I would come home and I would get off the bike and just like leave it in the yard. And I would go inside and I would play. And so my dad would always tell me, you have to take care of your bike. Someone can steal it. We're in East Los, right? That's right. And so I would, I would, so I would always not take care of this skip. And so one time my, my brother and my dad took my bike and they hid it from me because I left it in the lawn. So I went out and I panicked and I, and I looked for my bike and I couldn't find it. And I was in a panic and I went to my dad and I told him, I think someone stole my bike. And him and my brother brought it out to teach me a lesson and said, this is what happens if you leave it out. Someone's going to steal it. Do you think I learned my lesson? Yes. I didn't learn my lesson. <laughs> the next week, I took my bike out. I'm riding all over the streets. I come home, and what do I do with my bike? I left it on the yard. And I, and I went inside, and I did something other, some other things, and I came outside, and guess what happened to my bike? It was gone. It was really gone. Like never to be found again gone. And guess what happened to my heart? Oh, my heart was broken because I, I, I lost this gift that was given to me. It was a really good gift. And how do you think my father felt when he gave me this really nice gift that I wanted? He felt angry, right? But how, how, how was that? Disappointed, right? Because he gave me this beautiful gift to protect and to take care of. And I didn't do that. And I lost this gift that I really wanted, right? So yeah, so what do you think? I need to be more careful, right? If you were giving me advice now, what, what advice would you give me? I should have been more responsible. Write these things down, parents, write these things down. I should have been more responsible. What, what other things could you tell me? Put lasers in the ba uh, back, of your, uh, back of your backyard. You are your father's son. Yes, you are. <laughs> Any other advice for me that I should... Ez Ezekiel, what... what? Coconut on your front yard. Yep. Any other advice you would give me? I should have obeyed my father. Write that one down, parents. I should have obeyed my father. 
And, and, any last amount of advice? You could have put it in the garage. I could have put it in a garage. Put it in a safe place, right? Put it in a safe place. So, when you guys open up your gifts, how are you going to treat them? Nicely, right? Because I know your mommies and daddies and your grandmas and your grandpas and your aunties and your uncles and friends have bought you probably some amazing gifts, but who do all of our gifts come from? They come from Jesus, right? Every gift comes from the Lord. And so as you get those gifts, I want you to be responsible and take care of them, okay? Does that sound good? Yes. All right, cool. So today, you guys aren't going to have kids church. You guys are going to hang out here with us for a little bit. I promise I won't be long, but I need you to go back. And Judah's going to give you guys all a candy cane. Listen, there's, there's flaming hot tamale candy canes. <laughs> or, or there's just Starburst kind, so you guys get to pick one. So grab one, and then go back and sit down with mom and dad, and then we are going to carry on with our service. See you in a little while. Open the other one for her, guys, if you want to give her the other one. All right. You all have beautiful kids. So kids and adults, I want to read you a portion of our Christmas story, Matthew chapter 2, and it's about visitors from the east. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw a star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this as everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and he asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophets wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. When Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview with the wise men, after this interview, the wise men went away and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. And it went ahead of them and it stopped over a place where the child was born. 
When they saw the, I'm sorry, and when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. And they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. And after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He said, get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with his child and Mary, uh, with Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken to the prophet. I call my son out of Egypt. How many of you know this portion of scripture and, and the Christmas story? We have these astronomers, these, these learned kings, and there's, there's debate on whether they were actual like reigning kings of nations or, or just royal men who had, had, uh, had the privilege of, of studying stars. And we know that their Near Eastern kind of um, royalty would have had access to uh, that type of education that would allow them to study stars and um, those kind of things. And so they were looking to the stars for answers. And there was this, this prophetic um, utterance from the universe that was being spoken that Jesus, the Messiah, was coming. And so all this revelation came to them. And so as they were following the star, they land in Jesus' world. This world that Jesus was going to be born into. And you guys, uh, if you've been following our series for the last couple of weeks, you know that um, Israel and this area that Jesus was born into was, was no nice place. It was ruled by Herod, who wasn't a good man. And it was doubly ruled by Caesar, who uh, was, in fact, uh, in, in his own words, a, a god. And so he caused his own people to, to worship him as an entity. But Jesus the Messiah was going to be born. And, and there's this hectic thing that takes place. And I want to not take too much time this morning because I want to get you back to your families. But as I've been thinking about glory to the newborn king. There was, there was going to be a shift in the universe of where adoration and worship was going to be given. You see, the Jews over those, those, those hundreds of years of the Dark Ages, they had to rely on religion to carry them into a place of worship. And so they followed these rules and these regulations to help them continue to worship Yahweh. But there was no true connection, heart connection with God until Jesus and because of this shift that was happening, I really believe that there was this conflict between two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And I've told you this in the past, but I'll remind you again, whenever the kingdom of God is at work, the counter kingdom, or, or what John the Apostle would call the Antichrist spirit, is always at work in, in contrast to the kingdom of God. And there is this fight between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And Jesus came to break into all of that. And this gift that was given to mankind, Emmanuel, God with us. We see the fragility of it because Jesus came in the form of humanity, came in the form of, of a baby. And this gift needed to be protected. 
This gift needed, until Jesus would reach maturity, this gift needed to be protected. And so Joseph and Mary flew to a place that, that probably was, should have been the last place that an Israelite or, 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 or a Jew would go. To Egypt? To the land of slavery and oppression? And yet God ordains this time for them to go into obscurity until Jesus reaches a mature place and they can come back to Bethlehem and see all that God had promised in the life of Jesus. Some things here, some, some things that I, I, I'm drawing a connection with is the gifts that we have been given from God. But ultimately, the gift that we have been given from God. And I'm wondering how we protect that gift that God has given us. The greatest gift that we have ever been given is Jesus himself. But the gift that Jesus gave us was salvation. And like the baby boys that were slaughtered in Jesus' time and in Moses' time, when a deliverer would come, the enemy loves to snuff out those gifts as soon as possible. And it's the same with our salvation. I mean, you think about a, a new Christian who has just given their lives to Jesus. The enemy loves to do everything that he can to bombard them with attacks and bombard them with uh, um, all of these distractions to rip that salvation away from their life. And I'm telling you, your salvation can never be taken and never be lost. But the enemy likes us to believe that it can. And we need to protect this gift. Protect this gift that has been given to us like Jesus needed to be protected as a baby. And we see in 1 Timothy the, what the Apostle Paul tells to Timothy. He says, I need you to guard your life and I need you to guard your doctrine. You need to protect these two things. You need to protect what you believe and you need to protect your life. Because the enemy wants both of them. But then the Apostle Paul also says in Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure and I think how one of the greatest ways for us to guard the salvation that we have is to work it out. And another word for working it out is to exercise your salvation. We see in Jesus' life, he didn't stay an infant baby, right? He grew in wisdom and stature. And this is what working out our salvation feels like. It, 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 it's we, we are growing in the wisdom of our, of our salvation and in the, the maturation of our salvation. There should be fruit in our lives because we have guarded this precious thing that God has given to us. And I wonder, like me losing my bike, <laughs> if we've been responsible with what God has given us. Or have we taken it for granted? Have we taken the gifts that God has given us for granted? I mean, 
we, we, we jump on and we ride around it until, you know, we've had our fun with it. And then we just leave it in the front lawn and then we carry on. See, this, this gift that God has given us, is, it's not something that we're supposed to treat flippantly or, or, or haphazardly. It's something we we're supposed to protect and work out. And my question for us is how are we going to work it out in this next season? I love the turn of the year. Not, not that there's any significant importance to God because we should be giving God our all, not just because of New Year's journey. We got all these New Year's resolutions and God, I'm going to be doing this for you and I'm going to be doing a Bible reading program and I'm, I'm going to be in church most of the year and whatever it looks like. It, it's, not, it's not that. God should get that no matter what. But I think because it's cultural, we start doing it. And I, and I love that about it. But if, if, if I could prompt you, In this coming year, you've been given an amazing gift from Jesus. What is walking out your salvation in fear and trembling going to look like for you? And fear is not fear like you're going to be struck from heaven. It's a holy awe of God. Out of sheer, gra sheer gratitude, I should have taken care of the bike that my father gave me. Because my father gave it to me. I should have taken care of that gift. But I didn't understand the value of it until it was gone. And again, please don't think I'm telling you you're going to lose your salvation or someone's going to steal it. But I'm, what, what I want you to know is, man, this thing is precious. And out of sheer gratitude to God, out of a humble heart of a recipient of the greatest gift that could ever be given. We should be responsible for this gift that has been given to us. And the Apostle Paul says that responsibility looks like fear and trembling. Work it out. Be responsible for it. Don't allow it to be ripped from you. Don't allow it to be stolen. Walk this thing out. Jesus came back to the earth. Emmanuel, God with us. His presence given to us as a gift. A hundred percent tangible. And I have a vision, Restoration LA. In this next season, that the presence of God is going to be so manifest in this season to come. And I'm not just talking about for Restoration LA. I'm talking about for the earth. There's an urgency in the kingdom. There's an urgency rumbling. And if you're paying attention to what's happening in the spirit, there's an urgency. The earth is groaning for Jesus to come back. The question is, are we? Are you? Are you groaning and waiting for the manifest presence of God? to be alive and well in your life as you walk out your salvation in fear and trembling. I know this doesn't feel like, a, 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 I think I'm already leading into next year's preaching, but on this day, 
child is born. And he will be the savior of the world. Those prophetic utterances have changed humanity forever. And as we think about the prophetic utterances that were spoken about the birth of Jesus, they don't stay in a manger. They journey through the cross, from the cross to the grave, and from the grave, as the song says, to the sky. Jesus is seated on the throne of our hearts. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And I believe that in this next season, if we are going to celebrate the goodness of God, the reign of King Jesus has to be a revelation that we carry like never before. That's the gift that's been given to us. This is what glory to the newborn king looks like for each and every one of us on Christmas. This is my prayer for us in this next season. Why don't you guys stand with me? Why don't you grab someone's hand next to you if you're willing to touch someone else? <laughs> I want to thank you guys for coming out on Christmas morning. It is a value that we carry as saints to be together on every Sunday. <laughs> as a spirit of unity, as you guys are holding hands, Lord, I am so thankful for this community that we call Restoration LA. Lord, I'm thankful for what you're doing in the heavenlies, in and amongst us. Lord, as we look to your birth, we, we can't stay there. It's so intertwined with, with who, what the prophetic words that were spoken about you. It's so intertwined with, with your life and your death and your resurrection. But Lord, I pray in this season, it is, it is your reign that we look to. The fact that you are ascended, the fact that you are ruling and reigning in heavenly places, Lord, I pray that a shift will take place in the heart of your people. That we begin to no longer see things in, in, in finite earthly ways, but we begin to see things in heavenly eternal ways. And I pray that it's this revelation that we have that allows us to walk into all that you are calling us to as individuals and corporately. Lord, I don't believe that it's your will that 2023 looked like 2022. I don't believe that it's your will that the mindsets that we carried in 2022 will carry into 2023. I don't believe that our faith walk looked like what it looked like in 2022 will look like that next year because you were calling us into more. You're calling us to take care of this precious gift that you have given us. And I pray for every son and daughter in this place that the way they, they will protect that gift that you have given us is to walk it out with fear and trembling. They will guard their lives. They will guard their doctrines. The things they believe about you. The things that they hold true. And they will walk them out with fear and trembling because you are king. King Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving your son to us. We celebrate you coming. 
But we don't just celebrate that manger scene. We celebrate the throne room of King Jesus. We worship you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, let's give Jesus a I was going to take a vote and ask how many of you guys want our services to be this um, short next year. <laughs> but I don't think that's possible for Brett. So I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I have, I have more issues with that than anyone else. Listen, we love you. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Judah and Kenzie, why don't you guys pass out those candy canes to everyone else. Um, please enjoy your families. Uh, we will be here New Year's mor uh, morning for a, a worship and prayer service. And so please come. Uh, it's going to be a great service. And so, uh, again, it will be shorter. Uh, kids. Winter Cap's happening on Wednesday, the 28th. And if you guys need any or have any questions, please come see me or Chloe. Other than that, what? Okay. All right. Love you guys. Talk to you guys soon. Merry Christmas.